has set us free to enjoy our freedom, so remain strong in the faith. Don't let the chains of slavery hold you again. Mark my words, I, Paul, tell you that if you let yourselves be circumcised, Christ will be of no value to you at all. Again, I declare to every man who lets himself be circumcised that he's obligated to obey the whole law. You who are trying to be justified by the law have been alienated from Christ. You have fallen away from grace. For through the Spirit we eagerly await by faith the righteousness for which we hope. For in Christ Jesus neither neither circumcision nor uncircumcision has any value. The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. Awesome. Thanks, Sarah. My name's Mike. You've met Jack. Uh, Today, we are doing something a little bit different. I want to start, Jack, if it's okay, with a bit of a test. A bit of a a test. Okay. Does does it involve those chains again? The chains? Kind of, well... Maybe a little bit, actually. Okay. The, the test. I mean, thinking about Galatians chapter three twenty three. If you remember back before Easter when Jack was preaching on this, uh, it brought up a big idea, and my test has got to do with that. Okay. okay. Should we do the test? I think we should do the test. Perhaps we should great. read the passage as well. It's a Galatians great three twenty three <laughs> is up here, and it says this: We were held in custody under the law, locked up until the faith, and, until the faith, what was to come, would be revealed. So, let's do the test. I'll need some volunteers. It doesn't have to be just children. Thank you. Up your calm. Up your calm, Zara. Up your calm. Two will be good for now. There's lots of opportunities for volunteers. All right. Lockie, this is an important question. I don't want an honest answer. Okay. You might end up in the jail. Let's see. Lockie, look at them. Have you ever stolen a car? No. I'm glad that was the right answer. Okay, Lockie, Lockie, have you ever told a lie? Everybody has. Good. Jack, I don't know whether or not... Because that was the right answer. Do you feel quite proud about your answer? No. I think that was a lie. Into jail. Into jail. Here you go. Here's the door. It's a very secure cardboard jail. You are done. This is the jail of the law, by the way. The best to see is anyone can be good enough by obeying the law to be good enough for God in jail. He look, I don't know if you can see through the bars. He looks appropriately contrite. Zara, I've got an important question for you. I'll be watching your parents to see if you tell the truth. Okay, are you ready? Zara, are you perfect? No. She doesn't lie. Is that correct? Is she perfect? She seems pretty perfect, but you're right, you're not perfect. Into jail you go. She says, no one's perfect. Well, in any way, because you've proven my point, you're right, no one's perfect. In fact, Zara, we all should get in there with you, shouldn't we? Only if it was a bigger jail or our COVID rules were a little looser. You're right, everyone should be in jail. But Jack, you and I should be in there as well. No one can perfectly fulfill the requirements of God's law. We remember it from Romans. There is no one righteous, no, not one. If we're trying to be good enough for God by obeying the law, no one can do it. I'm going to have to get in there with you. Sorry, guys. We are all in jail together. Let us out. Can we escape? Well, how can we escape? Is there a way out of this problem? 
There is. Zara says there is. There's there a gap is. at the back. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a metaphor, children. <laughs> Jack, well, what do we do? That, thankfully, there is a way out of the cage of the law. And that's what we've been looking at throughout Galatians, isn't it? That we have freedom in Christ. You know, even though we all belong in this cage of the law, even though no one can make themselves right with God, we have Jesus, the only one who can obey God fully. The one who, if we trust in him, we have freedom from this cage. We've been reminded of this throughout this series on Galatians. And in Galatians chapter 5, verse 5, we, we read this. For through the Spirit we eagerly await by faith the righteousness for which we hope. So what does this mean? It means that we have no way to make ourselves right with God, but we're made right with God through faith. And that's faith in Jesus as the one who can set us free from the cage of the law, as the one who died on the cross in our place to pay the penalty that we deserve to pay. We are set free in Jesus by putting our trust in him. Now, I've got a piece of rope here. Now, this rope represents faith. It's not actually faith because it's just a piece of rope. But when we put our trust in Jesus... Whoa! There's a rope. I got it. Quick, hold on to the rope, guys. Pull us out. Pull us up. Ah! Freedom! Busted open the jail, Jack. Mm-hmm, Isn't mm-hmm. this fantastic news? Isn't this good news? You guys can just take a little dance and take your seats if you like. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty impressive dance. This is the great news, isn't it, of, of what's happened to us. None of us could fulfill the requirements of the Lord. We couldn't do it. Yet in Jesus there is freedom through faith in Him. Mm-hmm. We can have forgiveness mm-hmm. and life. Yeah. And you know, Paul doesn't want anyone uh, to be tripped up in following Jesus. He wants everyone to know that it's only through trust in Jesus that we have freedom. He writes in, uh, in chapter 5, verses 7 to 12, uh, Paul writes this in the first verse, You are running a good race. Who has kept you from obeying the truth? You know, Paul doesn't want anyone to be tripped up as they follow Jesus, tripped up as they believe in him. Paul doesn't want anyone to be confused about how they are saved. And Paul wants it to be really obvious as well when people are telling lies about who Jesus is so that no one will trip up when they're following him. We're set free in Jesus and only him. Right, so we've been set free from the law to live for Jesus. Let's not go back into the cage again by trying to be good enough for God again by obeying the law. You know, this is the great news. Free from burden and the shame and the guilt of not being able to be good enough for God on our own. And you know what? That freedom brings us peace with God. Surely that's the greatest treasure. Mm-hmm. The greatest yeah. treasure in the whole wide world, I'd even say. That, that's kind of reminded me of a song, Jack. How, yeah, I think it, it might It's have. a kid's song. Can we yeah. sing this kid's song together? This is uh, the greatest treasure in the whole wide world is peace, peace with, with God. God. Now, the good news is that we've been set free from the burden of having to clap in time or sing in tune. <laughs> We're just going to give it our best shot. Okay, oh, so... No, I've done this uh, What do you think, Jack? Should we stand for this song? I think so. I think so. So we're going to stand... I'm even going to sing it out the front, so excuse my uh, voice. But what we're going to do <laughs> is clap and sing and have a good time as we celebrate. We've been freed from the, uh, from the bind, the burden of the yeah, law by right. Jesus. All right, good we should news. sing. Yeah. Thank you. Well, the greatest treasure in the whole wide world is peace with God. Well, the greatest treasure in the whole wide world is peace with God. It's the only treasure that would never fade. Even death can't take it away. 
Well, the greatest treasure in the whole wide world is peace with God. Well, you can live for happiness or live for stuff, but it's all gonna fade away. You're good enough, it's all gonna fade away. The trickiest toys that money can buy are all gonna fade away. Because the greatest treasure in the whole wide world is peace with God. The greatest treasure in the whole wide world is peace with God. It's the only treasure that will never fade. Yes, come, it's all gonna fade away. The next place, it's all gonna fade away. Yeah, the greatest treasure in the whole wide world is peace with God. Yeah, the greatest treasure in the whole wide world is peace with God. It's the only treasure that will never fade. Death can't take it away. Yeah, the greatest treasure in the whole wide world is peace with God. Well done. Thanks for coming on that journey with us. We haven't done kids song to a kids song for a while, have we, Jack? It's been a long time. Should bring it back. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> so we've been set free from the law to live. In peace with God, the greatest treasure of all. But it does leave us with a big question. Mm -hmm. Probably the big question of today that we need to work through is, given that we've been set free from the burden of the law, how then are we to live as free children of God? So, uh, does that mean I don't have to fulfill the law anymore so I can go, actually, you know what? I like that football, Tom. Thank you very much. (sighs) I nicked it. It's mine now. Too bad. I'm going to put it over here. Can I do that? What about, Jack, if you're annoying me and I go, I'm angry and I kick Not you again. out the backside? Mm-hmm. Is that okay? No. So, <laughs> just because it's you. <laughs> at that point, I'm infringing on your freedom. <laughs> um, it's true, isn't it? Like, there's a big question. How are we to live now that we're free from the law? It's a great question. It's actually the question that Paul helps answer in the next part of Galatians chapter 5. You know, we've been set free, but what does it look like to live as free people? There's really kind of two ideas that help us with this. One is got to do with fruit, mm-hmm. and the other one is living in step with the Spirit. Yes, and as we get into thinking about this, uh, Matt's going to come up now and read through the Bible passage for us, the rest of Galatians chapter 5, verses 13 to 26. Thanks, Matt. Thanks, Matt. Where's the microphone stand? Okay, you're going to hold it nice and close there. My brothers and sisters, you are chosen to be free, but don't use your freedom as an excuse to live under the power of sin. Instead, serve one another in love. The whole law is fulfilled by obeying this one command. Love your neighbour as you love yourself. If you say or do things that harm one another, watch out. You could end up destroying one another. So I say... 
live by the Holy Spirit's power, then you will not do what your desires controlled by sin want you to do. The desires controlled by sin do not want what the Spirit delights in, and the Spirit does not want what the desires controlled by sin delight in. The two are at war with each other. That's why you are not supposed to do whatever you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the authority of the law. The result of sin's control in our lives is clear. It includes sexual sins, impure acts, and wild living. It includes worshipping gods. It includes worshipping statues of gods and worshipping evil powers. It also includes hatred and fighting, jealousy and fits of anger. Sinful desire is interested only in getting ahead. It stirs up trouble. It separates people into their own little groups. It wants what others have. It gets drunk and takes in part with wild parties. It does many things of that kind. I warn you now, as I did before. People who live like this will not receive God's kingdom. But the faith of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we we live by the Lord, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become proud. Let us not make each other angry. Let us not want what belongs to others. Thank you. Thanks, Jack. No worries. Um, thanks, Matt, for the reading. There's a lot in there, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Uh, we said oh, we're trying to work this through in a way that's engaging for all ages. But we've said we've been free from the law to live for God. How are we to live? This passage really helps us. Two things, mm-hmm. keeping in step with the Spirit and something to do with fruit. Yeah. It's pretty, there's some pretty weird images, aren't there, in that? Keeping in step with the Spirit, uh, producing different fruit in our lives, and, uh, and that kind of thing. But that's what it looks like to live as free people. See, we live uh, in response to God's love. It's no longer about living under rules and being inside of this cage that we know we can't get ourselves out of. It's about living in relationship with God. And we do that by walking in step with the Spirit. Now, in Galatians chapter 3, verse 2, uh, Paul uh, reminds us that when we put our trust in Jesus, we receive the Holy Spirit, that God is with those and dwells in those who trust in Him, who trust in Jesus. Now, in Galatians chapter 5, verse 25, Paul says, uh, walk in step with the Spirit. Now, the image that kind of comes to mind is, imagine uh, you, you want to learn to dance because you just can't dance to save your life, this guy here, and you want to learn to dance, so you go uh, into to, to some dance lessons and you want to learn the waltz, but you've got absolutely no idea at all what you're doing and how to follow those steps. Hey Jack, you're saying you don't know how to waltz? I don't know how to waltz. It's an important life skill, what's going to take a minute, I'm going to teach you to waltz, so okay, I put my mic down. Okay, alright, thank you. Okay. It's very easy. Okay. COVID safe dancing. Yeah, we're going to do like a square. So okay. Back a mile right for your mm-hmm. left. Are you ready? And yep. one, two, three. One, two, three. One, two, three. I've already messed one. it up. You did do the wrong I've already, step. I've messed it up already. I'm on the best in Strata. Uh, we didn't even get to spin. 
We, we didn't. <laughs> There's spins in the waltz? Man. There can be. Okay, I've got a lot to learn. I've got a lot to learn. But imagine you rock up to those dance classes. What, what are you going to do if you don't know how to dance? You're not going to just go at it alone and try to figure out what to do and how to walk and step with yourself. No, you're going to look at the expert, you know, look at Mike, the guy who knows how to waltz, and you're going to follow his steps and learn how to dance from him. It's the same when we're thinking about walking in step with the Spirit. We don't do that by ourselves and in our own power. We walk in step with the Spirit, and how do we do that? It's by setting our sights on the one who knows how to do that perfectly, setting our sights on the expert, on Jesus, and living how he teaches us how to live. And in that way, we are walking in step with the Spirit. And Paul writes, if we walk in step with the Spirit, then the Holy Spirit produces different fruits in our life. Right, so we've got, how do we live now as free agents, free from under the burden of the law? We walk in step with the Spirit and we produce fruit. Fruit is a great image for what it looks like to live the Christian life. I wonder, when you think of fruit, uh, do you think of this? Carl said we could use him however we like today in this service. So come on out, fruit man. He's going to offer, if you would like an apple from the fruit, hang on, something's wrong. Carl doesn't know this, but he really needs a special (laughs) hat, don't you think? Here you go, Carl. uh, It might be a bit heavy with all that fruit on there. Oh, goodness. Isn't that lovely? (laughs) Who wants a piece of fruit? There's a few hands up. This is fresh, fresh fruit. So, so as you're eating apples, remember, we're producing fruit. Uh, Is this the kind of fruit that we're on about in Galatians chapter 5? Yes. No, no, it's not. That'll do. Oh, you're very distracting uh, fruitier. What do we call a person who sells fruit? Should we just say fruity? Fruity. Fruitier. Fruiterer. Very good. Well, you guys are going to take all the apples and I'll have none left for the 11 a.m. service. <laughs> Thank you, fruit man. So, We are called to live in step with the Spirit, producing fruit. The thing I really like about the fruit image, that idea of the fruit, is that, uh, you know, you don't look at a fruit tree and say, okay, fruit tree, here are the rules I want you to follow, and then they make fruit. A fruit tree produces fruit because it's a fruit tree. A Christian who's walking in step with the Spirit, has been freed by Christ, produces fruit because of who they are. It's not like we step out from under the law and are given another whole new set of rules to obey. It's fruit that grows up in our lives. Okay, let's have another look at the fruit. I think I need some volunteers real quick. At least two, maybe more. One, up you come, Toby. Two, uh, yeah, Matt, you can come up. Sarah can come up. Very good. So we've got our white rope. No, we've got our white rope. We'll need some people hold on the rope. There we go. Now, uh, Matt and Sarah, at home, do you help with the washing a lot? No, we're going to be pegging up some washing of a different kind today. Come over here. Could you guys have a go? Come around behind the, the white rope. The white rope is like our life with God, isn't it? Faith, we're going to peg out the fruits of the Spirit. There's pegs in the bag there. Why don't you go ahead and take those and start pegging up as quickly as you can along here. Hold them up nice and high. Uh, not so high they can't reach. Okay. The fruit of the Spirit. When we're walking in step with the Spirit, living for God, free from the law, we are living out our life and it grows fruit. So what are some of the fruits? First one is love. Love. Why do we love? Because Christ loved us. You know, sometimes it's hard to love other people. Sometimes they're not always lovable. They might need to help Jack, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we love because Christ loves us even when we were unlovable. He sets the example. Very neat. I thought you were just hanging straight down. What else? What else do we have? Fruits of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, 
patience. These are great ones to practice at home. You know, it's sometimes it's much easier to put on your game face when you're visiting friends, but at home, uh, the raw reaction comes out. But patience is a great one to practice. Kindness. What other ones we've got? Patience, joy, peace, faithfulness, gentleness. I'm missing one. Goodness is there. Do you know when I was growing up, we had my mum who liked to do some quilting and things, made this Fruits of the Spirit quilt and all the words are beautifully done, hanging down the wall. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness. Self-control didn't fit. It was, the word was too long. It was jammed in right at the bottom as an afterthought. Um, and that kind of, I think, has always been true for me. Self-control seems to be the hardest one, doesn't it? These fruit, do we see them um, overnight? Sometimes people become a Christian and overnight you do see a change, but more often than not, it's a slow process. You don't plant a baby fruit tree in a pot and expect to see fruit straight away. We grow up into it. Yet we should expect to see for the Christian person as they go on in their life, expressing their trust in Jesus and in increasing measure, these fruit growing out of their lives. How are you going, Sarah? Matt? All good? You guys can take a seat, but I'd like our line holders to stay up here. So when we're looking at this, we know that we've, we've looked at uh, the person who's set free in Jesus uh, now walks in step with the Spirit in response to that freedom, because that's now who we are as followers of Jesus. And it produces all this good fruit, the Holy Spirit, in our lives as we walk in step with the Spirit. But we've talked a lot about the good fruit right here. But also, before we get to the good fruit in Galatians chapter 5, Paul also talks about uh, living the opposite way of walking in step with the Spirit, doesn't he? He talks about uh, living in a way that actually produces rotten fruit in our lives. Rotten fruit in our lives. Um, So that's going to come up on the the screen next, up here. Uh, We've got our next rope. Yep. Can I get uh, Toby, can you shuffle down that way? We need another two volunteers. Who hasn't been up yet? Olivia, Penny, up you come. And, and, and uh, some more people to help, help well? pick some things on the line. Anna, do you want one? Yep, come on, Emily. So, you guys hold the line. And, um, yeah. Uh, yeah, okay, so there's three, three helpers. Do you want to hold, peg up some of these uh, rotten fruits? Rotten fruits. So, in verses 19 to 21, Paul writes this. He says, The result of sin's control in our lives is clear. It includes sexual sins. It includes impure acts and wild living. It includes worshipping statues of gods and worshipping evil powers. It also includes hatred and fighting, jealousy and fits of anger. Sinful desire is interested only in getting ahead. It stirs up trouble. It separates people into their own little groups. It wants what others have. It gets drunk and takes part in wild parties. It does many things of that kind. I warn you now, as I did before, people who live like this will not receive God's kingdom. So, on the one side, we've got the fruits of the Spirit that the Holy Spirit produces in our lives as we walk in step with the Spirit. And then on this side, we've got what it looks like to, to not walk in step with the Spirit and how these things produce rotten fruit in our lives. Now, Paul talks about it like this in chapter 6, verse 8. Paul says, Those who sow to please the Spirit, that's over here, imagine planting seeds in a field, Those who sow to please the Spirit reap eternal life. But those who sow to please the flesh, which means living in rejection of God and not wanting anything to do with Him, those who sow to please the flesh reap destruction. 
and that these people have no place in the kingdom of God. It's pretty confronting stuff, isn't it? You kind of think about it. It's really confronting stuff. As we're told in chapter 6 as well, as you said, like the consequence of life in the Spirit is these eternal things. They last ever and it's eternal life. Whereas the consequence of wallowing like a pig in mud in the world and the things of the world, well, that reaps uh, eternal destruction. It's a big confronting image. And we're set free so we can live like this, fruit growing out of our life in the Spirit. Um, it kind of leads me with a very unsettling question. Mm-hmm. As a Christian seeking to live like this, free from the law, trying to live in step with the Spirit, does that mean we'll never struggle with sin? Yeah. Because that doesn't always reflect my experience. Mm. It's a really good question, and it's the right question to ask. And that's the question that we're led to, isn't it? That question of, do Christians then still struggle with sin? I'm going to grab this end. Thanks, Penny. You can take a seat. And Lachlan, I'll grab that end. You can take a seat as well. Thank you. Because when you think about it, when you think about it, we're, we're on this side of heaven still. We're not yet in a new creation with God, with Jesus. We still live in the world, in the world where sin exists where the world is controlled by sin. So it makes sense that, that there is some kind of, kind of tension there for Christians as we seek to live for God in a world that, uh, where sin still exists. And the answer to that question, do Christians still struggle with sin? The answer obviously is, yes, Christians do still struggle with sin. It makes sense when we, when we look at these as well, doesn't it? I mean, on one side, uh, we've got living in, in rejection of God and for ourselves, what does that look like? Uh, we've got things like um, hostility and selfish ambition and trying only to put uh, to get yourself ahead in life, where the fruits of the Spirit talk about gentleness and faithfulness and, and kindness. And then again, on this side, we've got uh, things like sexual sins, uh, sexual impurity, doing things that only a husband and wife should be doing together inside of marriage. And then on this side, we've got love, selfless love, which is all about the other person and not about ourselves. And then again, on this side, we've got that idea of drunkenness and substance abuse and and wild, uh, reckless kind of parties. And then on this side, we have uh, self-control. So you can see how there's that tension as they're kind of working against each other there. And does anyone feel that tension in their lives? Yeah? I think we all feel that tension in our lives, and it's right that we actually feel that and do have that kind of struggle with sin in our lives. But that's why we need Jesus, isn't it? Because we all struggle against the sin in our lives, and we all lose that tug of war uh, occasionally, don't we, and give in to that sin. That's why we need Jesus. All throughout Galatians, we've been reminded that without him, we belong in that cage forever. But because of what Jesus has done for us, we have forgiveness, forgiveness of sins. That's not just a once thing, that if we, uh, if we mess up, then that's it, we're back in the cage. That's a once-for-all thing. So we're set free from sin in Christ. So we need to come back to that again and again. And when we do sin, come back to Jesus, asking for forgiveness, knowing with full assurance that that is what he gives to us. Now, there's another question that we need to ask ourselves, though, another important question. Um, if, if I don't feel the tension in my life, if I don't feel that struggle at, at points in my life, the question to ask yourself is, well, does that mean I might be sitting a bit too comfortably in sin without realizing it? Mm. And if that's the case, we need to ask the, um, God, the Holy Spirit, to help reveal that to us, uh, where those struggles might be in our lives, the, the blind spots that we might have, so that we can continue seeking uh, to live for Him in response to His grace and His love for us and His Son. Okay. So we've been, do you guys want to take a seat? You've done really well. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thanks for your help today. Um, 
We've talked about being freed from the law so we can live in step with the Spirit, like the waltz dance with the Spirit, following Jesus' example, so we can produce the fruit of the Spirit. And even though we'll feel the tension on the pull of the world, we're continually coming back to Jesus as we struggle with sin. This is hard stuff. There's, a, there's an edge to this which, in a grittiness of day-to-day life, fueling the pressure of the sins and the temptation of sin, we've, we've got to do some work. Like, is it true, Jack, that we can just sit on our laurels, so to speak, open up a packet of Doritos watching a movie, and this stuff just happens? (laughs) Put it another way. (laughs) No. (laughs) Put it another way. um, Like, how can we help each other? What sort of advice does Paul give us? Yeah. Yeah. So the kind of advice that Paul gives us, well, it was really summed up in one word that we've kind of talked about already today, and that word is love. Love. In Galatians chapter 5, verse 6, uh, Paul ends that verse by saying, uh, what counts is faith that expresses itself in love. That's love of God in response to his love for us. And then again, in chapter 5, verse 14, uh, Paul writes, the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command, love your neighbor as you love yourself. In response to God's love, we love him and we love those around us. We love those who God loves just as Jesus has shown us how to do. And Paul, in chapter 6, he gives us two really practical ways that we can do this, that we can love God and love each other. Right, so how do we do this? Love, and that can look like two things. The first of them is actually pulling each other up when we're struggling with sins. We're not solo warriors here. We need each other. God has put us in community. But can I say, in our current context, we're not all living in share houses. This is hard to do. If I see a brother struggling with a sin, how am I meant to engage with that in a way that's not confronting? I've got to have a relationship that allows me to do it. So we need to be vulnerable in our relationships and we get to know each other. Uh, By no means can we do that with 150 people that we meet at church on a Sunday. But each of us should be cultivating a couple of relationships in our lives where we have that uh, permission to be accountable and to pull each other up. Uh, if you haven't got anyone in your life like that, can I ask you to pray that God would provide that person and maybe take the, the step out to ask someone, hey, can you be this person in my life? It's, it's hard. Um, Paul in chapter 6 gives us some important advice about doing this in humility. And I like this because we don't, it's not like in prideful position of I've got it all together, we come up to someone and say, you're really struggling, let me help you. In fact, it's we are leading each other to Jesus side by side as we know that we struggle. I mean, the verse, chapter 6, verse 1 says, Brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a sin, you who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently. But watch yourselves, or you also may be tempted. It's a reminder, isn't it? I mean, the first temptation will fall to is pride if we think we've got it all together and going to help these brothers out. We alongside each other, all of us acknowledging that we are in the same boat, struggling with sin as we seek to live in step with the Spirit, get alongside each other, encouraging each other, praying for each other, pulling each other up with gentleness and humility when we get it wrong, because we all do. How's this, what's the second practical bit of advice? Yeah, so the second bit of practical advice comes in verse 2, which we can read on the screen as well. Paul says, carry each other's burdens, and in this way, you will fulfill the law of Christ. That law of Christ that says, love your neighbor as I have loved you. Now, we can do this in really practical ways. This first really calls us to kind of get the spotlight on one another and think, how can I practically love my brother or sister in Christ? 
Now, this could look like um, having a friend here who's raising uh, some children and getting alongside them and, and, um, and sharing that load of helping raise that child to know and love and trust in Jesus and doing something big like that. You know, maybe ask for permission before you do that, but it could, <laughs> it could look like doing that. Uh, maybe another thing um, could be knowing someone at church who has, you know, a lot of... Um, you know, stuff around the house that needs to be doing, gardening that needs to get done, but they just, they just physically can't do it themselves. And actually going over and helping them out with that and uh, sharing the load and bearing each other's burdens in that way. Yeah. Or you might know someone here at church who's had a really tough week uh, and actually going through a really tough time at the moment. And it could be sitting down with them for a couple of hours, um, having a cup of tea or coffee, listening to them and comforting them and just sharing life together. And it also means um, asking for help when we need it too, and loving people that way by helping them to love us. So there's practical ways in bearing each other's burdens. Mm. This is why I've been set free. This is how we grow together as community um, and continue um, encouraging one another to walk in step with the Spirit. So our prayer is that regardless of how theologically formed you are today or how old you are, you'll be able to engage um, and get something from this passage. Let me sum it up for us. We can't be good enough for God and our own. And when we do, the burdens like chains wrap around us. We can't do it. The only way we can be free under the law is through Jesus and Jesus alone. If you're someone who hasn't come to Jesus yet at all, not even once, do that. Experience the forgiveness that comes with Him. Talk to people about how you might do that. So freedom from the law to live a life, a free life in Christ. How do we do that? By walking in step with the Spirit, producing the fruit of the Spirit as we struggle with sin, coming to God leaning on His forgiveness, seeking to, to, to live out the life of the Spirit in community, helping each other up, lifting each other up when we need it, supporting each other in love, a community marked by love. Uh, and that's, that's, that's the picture, a really wonderful picture of what it looks like to live in step with the Spirit from Galatians chapter 5 and 6. And we're going to, uh, to sing a song in just a moment. That's really a prayer asking God to help us do this. So I'm going to invite the band up now. Um, and as they're coming up, I'm actually going to pray uh, the lines of the first verse for us, that God would help us um, to live this way in step with the Spirit. Do you pray with me? Let's pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, may the mind of Christ our Saviour live in us from day to day by His love and power controlling everything that we do and say. In His precious name we pray. Amen. Amen.